Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Shit Show. Kia ora everyone! Kia ora! Welcome back to the shit show! Thank you for stopping <laughs> by! Oh my god! We haven't recorded a podcast in a week or so, so... It feels like a long time. Yeah, we're a bit rusty on it. Anyway, Robes, who are we talking about today? Today we're talking about, oh, well, just this little family that you might know as the Kardashians. Or as I have just started to call them, the Cardos. You reckon that's going to catch on with me? So yes, we are here to talk about the news of the week, keeping up with the Kardashians being cancelled with a bloody K. We'll start off with a brief rundown of how keeping up came to be, before outlining a few of our fave scandals from each sister, and then we'll finish off with a bit of a chat about the legacy that they've left. Yes, we will. So, what does carpe diem mean? I think it means like zen. It means seize the day. How come I don't know that? So I don't really feel like I need to give any background to the Kardashians, and I think that's a massive testament to them. They have permeated borders, social statuses, and highbrow, lowbrow folks alike. Oh, well, I'm so highbrow, and even I know who they are. Yeah, you're exactly the demographic I was targeting when I was mentioning highbrow. Everyone knows who they are. They even spell-corrected on my laptop as I was mistyping their name on my computer. Whoa! Grammarly knows the Kardashians. So let me take you back to 2007 just for a second. Kim had just finished the role of a lifetime as Paris Hilton's personal assistant slash stylist and life didn't really look like it could get much better for them. Side note, Paris Hilton did once say during a Las Vegas radio show that Kim's butt looked like cottage cheese stuffed in a trash bag. That's awful. That's an awful thing to I say know. about someone. That was in 2008, so their friendship kind of was short-lived. Anyway, I digress. So just as Kim didn't think her life could get much better, it did. Kim's sex tape was released. Got a bunch. In 2007, Kim and her then-boyfriend Ray J's homemade sex tape was released by Vivid Entertainment as Kim Kardashian's superstar, which is really fucked up. But this was leaked, right? Yeah. Basically, Vivid Entertainment got their hands on the sex tape by paying a million dollars to a third party and there's been allegations and actually books written about the fact that the third party might be Chris Jenner. <gasps> Nothing's confirmed. The family's obviously fiercely denied this, but it is interesting when you think about that sex tape being released by Vivid Entertainment and then Kim initially tried to stop the release and sue them, but they ended up settling for $5 million and off the back of that, Chris Jenner pitched the idea for keeping up with the Kardashians. So it could have been a big ploy, but then again, allegedly. 
Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe she's just, you know, saw her opportunity and she took it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, after the sex tape, the Kardashian machine's cogs definitely did start spinning, leveraging Kim's newfound fame into a reality TV series, which has now run for 14 years, 20 fucking seasons. Well, it will have 20 seasons when they're finished and numerous spin-offs. So keeping up with the Kardashians did turn a family into a business and then pretty much into like a cultural phenomenon. They, they are. It they, was like... Kardashians, a cultural reset. Mm-hmm. What was before the Kardashians, did I? Fast forward to now, and Kim has just taken to Instagram a couple days ago to say that it is with heavy hearts that they've made the difficult decision as a family to say goodbye to keeping up with the Kardashians. Then they did a big spiel about the show and how they'll miss it, and then said the series will return for season 19 on Thursday. And then they're going to have one last season in 2021. So I'm sure that the PR team definitely strategically planned this announcement so that come Thursday, you know, their next season is going to get big ratings. Mm, Very meticulous. Yes. No one has confirmed why the show is over. I think probably it's, you know, it's run its course was anyone really keeping up with them still anymore? No. I don't know. They've outgrown it, I think. I think so too. And I think because of, you know, YouTube and TikTok and all the little snippets you can get from other places of what happens on the show, like there isn't really that place for them in reality TV maybe anymore. Then again, I don't see the ratings. I also think maybe it could be to do with Kanye and Kim wanting to either spend more time helping him get better or that he's not good for the brand anymore. Did you see him pissing on a Grammy today on Twitter? No. On Twitter today, guys, Kanye posted a video and you, we should actually, we're going to do a bit of a live Google of this so I can show rubes, but a video of Kanye pissing on one of his Grammy awards. Okay, I'm Googling. For anyone that hasn't seen it, it's literally, you can see Kanye's two feet and the toilet seat and him with a stream of urine going onto a Grammy in the toilet bowl. Okay, so what's the story behind this? So he's criticizing the music industry, which he referred to as modern day slave ships. Okay. And inside sealed and delivered will piss on a Grammy. I don't know. There could be a bit to do with Kanye and his influence either over Kim or whether she's wanting to protect him from the TV show. I don't know. But either way, there's no denying that the Kardashians have made a massive imprint on our lives, whether we asked for it or not. And that has been helped along by no shortage of scandals. Isn't that right, Robes? Oh my God, yes. What's a week without another Kardashian scandal? Literally. So we thought we'd spend the next part of the podcast just going through sister by sister and Mm. unpacking a few of our fave scandals. Yeah, fave meaning the most problematic, I would say. Mm. Today I'm going to jail. Your sister's going to jail. Have a little compassion. Kim, would you stop taking pictures of yourself? Your sister's going to jail. <laughs> so obviously we are going to start with the one and only Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Oh, I said that a bit weird. The Kim Kardashian. The one and only Kim Kardashian. Am I saying your last name right? I mean, yeah. Kardashian? You could say yeah. Cardo. So obviously we are starting with the one and only Kim Kardashian. She really needs no introduction, so I'm yeah. just going to stop myself there. I do want to give a little disclaimer that I'm not going to talk about Kanye. Um, we do have another podcast where Lucy chatted about Kanye and his bid for presidency and a bunch of other things that he's kind of going through at the moment so if you want to hear about that you can go listen there 
But let's get into Kim. So starting it off, we're going to go into a bit of her kimono cultural appropriation scandals. Who let her do this? I really don't know. So basically in 2019, Kim launched a solutions line, which she called kimono which immediately received backlash. People found it very offensive that she was ripping off the traditional Japanese dress to use as her own brand. And rightly so. Absolutely rightly so. Kim spoke to New York Times saying that the name was meant to be a nod to the beauty and detail that goes into a garment. Initially, she had no plans to rename the brand. However, The criticism leveled up when people learned that Kim had applied to trademark the kimono name. Yeah, so this is erasing, without giving credit, it is erasing the history and the significance of this garment to Japanese culture and just trying to take it. To reapply it to your solution. Yeah, for your personal gain. Mm -hmm. And a petition was started. It got over 130,000 signatures. With all this criticism, Kim wrote soon after on Instagram, I'm always listening, learning, and growing. I so appreciate the passion and varied perspectives that people bring to me. When I announced the name of my shapewear line, I did so with the best intentions in mind. My brands and products are built with inclusivity and diversity at their core. And after careful consideration, I will be launching my solution wear brand under a new name. So she listened. She changed the name. I'm shocked that it even got this far, that they Mm -hmm. even kind of thought it was going to be okay. But I'm really glad that she changed this. Yeah, me too. I also think, and this is just a thought I've just had now that I've never thought before, but I didn't realize that she called it solution wear rather than shape wear, which makes it seem like, you're solving a problem, which mm. is your weight yeah, or a- your shape. And, and you know, it's not a solution. It's just a garment. But I don't know. That's just something I've thought just then. I mean, there's so many discussions, and I'll I'll actually get into this in a little bit, but mm-hmm. around how the Kardashian brand has perpetuated these really unhealthy body image ideas for women. Mm-hmm. The decision to call it solution wear rather than shapewear is feeding into that more. A problem, yeah. Anyway, continue on. So, of course, now we know the brand as Skims, mm-hmm. which she chose to rename because of all the criticism and I would argue a much more fitting name for her yeah. brand anyway. Yeah, it's actually a good name, Skims, but who the fuck led mm. Kimono through? What was the team doing? I don't know. Neither. That's just... what worries me about, like, what if I were to do something that no one around me was saying, Luce, it's a bad idea. So there have been a bunch of other scandals in terms of cultural appropriation and blackfishing. Um, She was accused of blackfishing on the cover of Seven Hollywood magazine. I don't know if you remember that Mm -hmm. cover, Luce, but it definitely looked like a black woman on that cover. Mm -hmm. There was no doubt about it. She also posted to her Instagram a photo of her wearing a traditional Indian headpiece, Worn only in India on special occasions. However, Kim appeared to be merely in her house, not in a traditional Indian dress. And multiple times she has been photographed wearing braids, sometimes in the wrong ways. And Afika from Newsroom 24 put this in a quite a scathing, but not an incorrect way. She said, Mrs. West operates on a self-awarded brand of exceptionalism that she grants herself impunity on the basis that she is married to a black man and raising children of colour. Therefore, she could not be culturally unsensitive by her logic. But it doesn't work that way. Which is something that we have talked about before. Mm -hmm. 
not to the same extent, but with AOC and Senator Yoho and how he thought that he couldn't be sexist towards women because he had a wife, because he had children. It just doesn't work like that. You're not exempt from things just because of who you surround yourself with. And while I do hope for Kim that because she's raising kids with this gorgeous hair that she tries to emulate through her braids and things like this, she learns to appreciate it and she has her kids growing up appreciating the hair that they have. Because hair can be very political when you're a black person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we've seen is that Kim appears to appropriate culture more as a fashion statement Mm -hmm. rather than doing it with credit to the origin or the Mm -hmm. history or the significance of what she's actually wearing. And I think because she's so famous, her actions often go without consequence. Because she's known as an icon, like setting trends. And I think that's where the issue lies, is when people start associating ethnic features with white people, Mm -hmm. such as the Kardashians, how we associate boxer braids with the Kardashians or big lips with the Kardashians when this is something that is inherent to black people in their culture. And it's been politicized for them for so long. Mm-hmm. This is understandably a huge issue of contention for a lot of people and rightfully so. Just while we're talking about cultural appropriation, Chloe Kardashian, who we'll get to later, has also had a few run-ins with appropriating cultures. In 2014, they threw a Coachella-themed birthday party for North, Kim's child North, called Kidchella. Chloe decided to wear a Native American headdress to the event, which really did not go over well with people from various Native American communities, and rightly so. She also wore a niqab while visiting Dubai in 2015, and she posted a photo of herself wearing it on Instagram. So a niqab is a traditional face covering worn by Muslim women. People on Instagram were commenting, because obviously when you upload a photo of yourself, you're opening yourself up to comments about it. You're choosing to put that out into the world onto a platform instead of just wearing it to be sensitive or whatever you were trying to do it's a different story when you put it on Instagram so yeah obviously commenters came for her questioning her decision to wear the niqab um, which she turned into a learning moment when she asked two Dash employees about the incident on an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians and she got a lesson on cultural appropriation so I don't know then they've also turned that into like TV content Mm. as well so there's like there's a few facets of interesting things going on there I mean we're all just doing our best I understand but it's like how much are they actually wanting to learn or how much are they kind of just leveraging off Mm -hmm. these scandals for yeah a good moment on TV Mm -hmm. we also cannot forget the diet tea moments that Chloe and Kim have been wrapped up in. Mm -hmm. Kim is no stranger to a good product placement on Instagram. Kim showed a new product of the makers of the controversial flat tummy tea, which was a appetite suppressant Mm -hmm. lollipop. Kim wrote, these are literally unreal, urging her followers to get their hands on the candies, saying you need to do it quick. Of course, people absolutely hit off about this, including Jamila Jamil, who we love. Mm -hmm. She said, no, fuck off, no. You're a terrible and toxic influence on young girls. I admire their mother's branding capabilities. She is an exploitative but innovative genius. However, this family makes me feel actual despair over what women are reduced to. So, I mean, the thing is, Kim is not simply just shouting into the void. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of impressionable 
young women and men who follow her and who are seeing her body. And I think the thing that we forget is that Kim's body was made from, yeah, a sprinkling of genetics, but a whole shit ton of money that has gotten her to where she is now. And we cannot think that we're going to ever get her body shape by eating a certain way or by having these diet teas. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... It's really irresponsible. It's really irresponsible. And the Kardashians definitely have a lot to answer to on the kind of damaging content that they've put out. Yeah, I mean... Pair the diet teas with the bloody um, appetite-suppressing lollipop. Pair that with the waist trainers that they all decided to shout about as well with a hefty fee, I'm sure. And then also that Scott Disick owns a whole lot of vitamin companies. He said in 2010 that he is more than capable of supporting himself because he runs multiple companies in the vitamin world, like Quick Trim, which is like another diet-suppressant, mm. and also Perpetual Tan, like all these other kind of beauty things. Not coming Coming from a place of good, coming from a place of money and capitalizing off of people's insecurities. So you're right, Ruby. They have a lot to answer to in terms of body image and the shit that they spout on their Instagrams. Yeah. And of course, this was not where Jamila Jamil's injection into the Kardashian family has ended. She has been very quick to call them out where often other people, other celebrities haven't. Because, you know, the Kardashians are a very powerful family. That would be quite scary to go up against them. Mm -hmm. I hope they don't hear this podcast. I know. (laughs) They don't give a shit. But only a week ago, Kim announced the launch of her new maternity shapewear, which she claimed offers the best in comfort and support for your changing body during and after pregnancy. So again, people immediately took to Instagram and Twitter angry about the message that Kim was sending to pregnant women. Jamila clapped back saying it would be so cool if pregnant people could just be allowed to be pregnant and get bigger and not be self-conscious and enjoy the miracle taking place inside their body and not having to worry about feeling embarrassed and shamed that their body is changing for an amazing reason. Mm. And that is just so refreshing to hear. I get that Kim didn't want to do this. I'm sure she wasn't outwardly doing this to make people feel Mm self-conscious and she did say to her instagram that when you're pregnant you struggle with carrying all this extra weight and she's just trying to support people but i think is it not crazy that even in something as incredible as pregnancy and creating another person issues like our warped ideas of body image still permeate that space Mm -hmm. like we're still expected to have a certain figure and I think like the Kardashians didn't need to be doing this this probably existed in a way that was for supporting maybe your back or your legs or something that even doctors could recommend for you compression wear I don't know but bringing it into the Kardashian like solution wear type Mm. of zeitgeist is just putting a whole new spin on it that makes you feel like this is to do with how you look while you're mm-hmm. pregnant even if you know we her intentions were probably good yeah and I mean there's so much pressure I think on women to bounce back after their pregnancy mm-hmm. and I think this only just perpetuates that further and further so that's basically Kim you know there's a whole lot more scandals we could go into I mean we don't have all day no. I'm sure you guys are busy <laughs> loose I know you want to go home yeah but That is kind of what I have to say about Kim. She's got the most to talk about. It is what it is. Let's get into Chloe. I love things that make me feel good. Like what? Normally they're not white. 
Okay, so I mentioned before a few of her cultural appropriation moments, and she also has definitely bought into the spawn con of the waist trainer. And actually, I wasn't going to talk about this, but while you were chatting, Ruby, I did think about Chloe's place in the kind of body image face tune and let's talk about revenge body you know she had that tv show about when she broke up with lamar and she you know started that losing weight for your revenge Mm. body kind of um tv series do you think that the kardashians really came up at a time when feminism was not at this place now and body positivity was not at this place now we're starting to realize how damaging all of the things that the Kardashians really excel in are. Yeah. Does that make sense? And they have just not been able to move with the times. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think it's also really hard because their whole existence was caught on camera and that was the time they were living in. So if we're watching it now in 2020, a 2007 episode, mm. we're still seeing that as the Kardashians now because we're yeah. watching it now, but it's like they've probably changed from where they are there. I mean, I still think that Chloe had a lot of criticism about her weight and how she was the ugly sister and stuff Mm. like that, which is fucking terrible. And she kind of thrived in the face of that but didn't make it a huge part of her brand that she was this body positive kind of ambassador. But then she kind of lost all this weight and made that a part of her brand Mm. with revenge body and then good American jeans, which is cool because I think that's quite inclusive swimwear, but she's definitely um, capitalised off of her love for the gym and her weight loss. So that's interesting. Just quickly before we get into Chloe and third trimester Tristan, she also had her app, Chloe with a K, which launched in 2015 and it had a series on it called Chloe CD, which was Um. all about her organization and things like that, mostly about her kitchen organization and just you cannot appropriate mental illness in that way. Again, it's like, the play on words that I'm sure they think are harmless, but when you do a little bit of digging, you realise it's actually not all good and it is quite offensive to a lot of people. To anyone with OCD or mm. that knows someone, and we're so cognizant of that in this day and age. Again, this was 2015, doesn't make it okay, but now we're super aware and hindsight is a beautiful thing. We, It's easy for us to look back and be like, holy fuck, why would anyone ever do that? I mean, we don't know what was going through their team's heads, but she did get clapped back for that mm. because it's just not all good. No. So let's talk about third trimester Tristan. Oh my God, please. Yes. So we all know that Chloe dated Lamar, married Lamar actually, Lamar Odom. And um, she obviously had fertility issues with him and she wanted to have a baby, but she couldn't. And so all this background kind of helps to set up why she's acted how she's acted in her recent relationship. She also helped Lamar through a lot of his mental struggles, as we all remember. So that was her first public, public relationship. Mm. Fast forward to 2016 and Chloe and Tristan revealed their relationship to the public while his previous partner was pregnant with their baby. Mm -hmm. Her name is Jordan, which gets confusing when I talk about another Jordan that pops up later on. Mm -hmm. So none of them have confirmed or denied whether he met Chloe while he was still with this Jordan, his ex-partner. Sometimes silence speaks volumes. I know. Don't know. So in 2017, so they met in September 2016, 2017 they announced that Chloe was pregnant, which is obviously a huge thing for her because she couldn't get pregnant with yeah. Lamar. I even remember, I'm not even that invested in the Kardashians, but I'm... It's that time of the year. 
Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I remember feeling stoked for her. Me too. Like, oh my God, yay. Like, Chloe she gets, gets the baby. She gets the baby that I feel like she's watched her sisters mm-hmm. just flourish as mothers and she... She always wanted to be one. Yeah, so super happy for her. 2017, she's having a baby. 2018, Tristan gets caught on camera cheating on Chloe with multiple women just days before she was due to give birth. I would be crushed. Hence the name third trimester Tristan. But yes, I would be fucking... Any normal human would be crushed by that. Um, Especially when you're you're pregnant. Your emotions would be high. And apparently he'd been consistently cheating on her. Like, apparently it was like, I read a report that he was a serial cheater. I mean, I don't know how much from this week. Well, actually, we kind of know that he's a serial cheater Mm. because of what unfolds next. But yes. So Chloe made the decision to keep Tristan in True's life, who is the name of their daughter. She's super cute. So for the next, um, so for the next year, like 2018 to 2019, he was in and out of True's life, which means by default he's in and out of Chloe's life. He made some big cameos on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. We watched Chloe rage at him and then kind of forgive him, shit like that. Then in late 2018, it seemed like Tristan and Chloe got back together. Well, they did get back together. There was just no big formal announcement of it. But then we saw one of the biggest scandals that the world has ever seen. Wow. I Yeah, it truly was. It truly was. I remember just being like, this isn't true. This isn't true. I know. So this scandal is obviously none other than Tristan cheating on Chloe with Kylie's best friend, Jordan. And then the public shaming of Jordan that ensued from the Kardashians. Yeah. And the world alike. So within an hour of the reports that... Tristan had cheated on Chloe with Jordan. Tristan tweeted fake news to seemingly deny what had happened. And then he deleted the tweet shortly after. Then, as we all know, it turned out to be true. So pretty much what happened was they were at some birthday party. And um, in the early hours of the morning, Tristan initiated a kiss with Jordan. And that's what happened. So... Chloe tweeted... Did they sleep together? No, nah, they just kissed each other. He just kissed her allegedly. Chloe tweeted this, at Jordan Woods, question mark. If you're going to try and save yourself by going public, instead of calling me privately to apologise first, at least be honest about your story. BTW, you are the reason my family broke up. Then she, when people were going, why are you blaming Jordan? Like Mm. Tristan is a serial cheater, you know, that takes two to tango. She said, Tristan is the father of my child. Regardless of what he does to me, I won't do that to my daughter. He has been addressing this situation privately. If Tristan were to lie publicly about what conspired, then yes, I'd address him publicly as well. 
Then I think she had some time to calm down and she just tweeted, this has been an awful week and I know everyone's sick of hearing about it all, as am I. I'm a roller coaster of emotions and have said things I shouldn't have. Honestly, Tristan cheating on me and humiliating me wasn't such a shock as the first time. What's harder and more painful is being hurt by someone who I love and treat like a sister, but this was Tristan's fault. Ruby, I did want to have a quick chat with you about yeah. the whole situation because yes, what both Jordan and Tristan did was so fucked up. And yeah, you make your bed and you lie in it. But there is something to say about leveraging your power as part of the Kardashian machine to absolutely roll this young girl. Wreck someone. Who was a huge part of your family, your little sister's best friend, and kind of let Tristan get off scot-free. I remember... I was surprised because even my friend group when this happened was really kind of torn in multiple ways Mm -hmm. by this. Some people were really angry at Jordan. Mm -hmm. And I remember just thinking like, yeah, what she did is awful, but she was completely slut shamed. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she was the same age of us and we would have been like 21 at the time, I think. And I just thought like, imagine being 21 and the whole world knowing something that she probably regretted anyway. Oh, 100%. And coming at you, like, I hate to say it, but I don't know if I would have made it through something like that. Oh. Like, I don't know how you can look and see a positive way out of this. Mm-hmm. And I do feel for Chloe that her life is played out so publicly and people can get angry when they are emotional and you can become irrational and forgive people in hindsight or realize you're wrong in Mm -hmm. hindsight. But I think setting people on Jordan like she did Mm. is truly one of the most awful and slut-shaming things. Well, you're the biggest family in the world. If you want to deal with it privately, you don't tweet about it. You don't Mm -hmm. like... And she can't... Yeah, she can't say that she didn't realize that it would have this effect. Oh, literally. Um, Because Jordan even had to do... She did that red table talk, Mm. obviously, with Jada Pinkett Smith. She had to do a fucking lie detector test on there. Well, she felt like she had to do a lie detector Mm. test. And it's like, she had already told her story with Tristan doing the lie detector Mm. test. Why is he getting off with absolutely, you know, obviously there was repercussions in terms of he was no longer dating Chloe and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, actually, as we've just come to find out, they are back together. If she can let Tristan back into her life, she should be able to let someone like Jordan back into her life. And she has. She said there's no bad blood anymore, but it's kind of like, are you just saying this because you have let Tristan back in your life, so now you know that you are obliged to also have the same Mm. standards for Jordan? Putting the whole Kardashian machine on someone is completely fucked up and it would be really hard to come back from. Also, I know it's like, why do we even care? It's like, this is none of our business, so why do we care? But it's hard if you put yourself in Jordan's shoes. You would feel so guilty, of Mm. course. You'd shit the bed. You'd Mm. be like, holy fuck, and you know you've done something wrong, and so is Jordan, but you've done something wrong that should have been dealt in private. It is fucked up how much we are invested in this family. It's really fucked up. And this whole conversation has just made me feel like, whoa, this family is so ingrained in our lifestyles that we can have a whole triggered conversation Mm. about a scandal that we have nothing to do with it. We know none of the parties. We don't even know the proper stories. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Crazy. Crazy times. So, yes. Now Tristan and Chloe are back together. Wish them all the best. Don't really, but it's none of our business after we've just talked about. <laughs> Ruby, who are we talking about next? Next, we are talking about Kylie Jenner, the youngest of the Kardashian. She is the makeup mogul and the almost billionaire. Mm, almost. So, of course, in March 2019, Kylie was declared a billionaire by Forbes and graced their cover. However... Woo! we'll never be billionaires however in a rather scathing article in 2020 it came out that this was apparently all a lie that in fact her business was less profitable than they were leading people to believe and that kylie was not actually a billionaire instead she was worth only around 900 million Oh, fuck that. Honestly, I'm withdrawing from society. (laughs) It's so embarrassing. And honestly, Forbes did not hold back. This is a little quote from that article. It said, Of course, white lies, omissions, and outright fabrications are to be expected from the family that perfected, then monetized the concept of being famous for being famous. So, how about that? Um, so yeah, they were not happy, clearly. No. So how did Forbes find out, though, that she wasn't a billionaire? Well, basically, Kylie Jenner's team, I'm sure it's not Kylie who actually does any of her banking or anything Mm -hmm. like that. What they're kind of arguing is intentionally misleading people to make think that she is more wealthy and worth more than she is. Mm -hmm. And... Apparently, through a bit of digging, it was found out that this was a lie. Interesting that they didn't do the digging before putting her on the cover of the magazine and then having to go and, like, retract it, but also really good for publicity. Yeah, and honestly, this kind of all just got pushed under the rug, do you think? Yeah. Well, to be fair, there is more important things than Kylie Jenner not being a billionaire anymore. Oh, well, absolutely. So, I kind of, yeah. Anyway, that's her first kind of wee scandal we then of course have Kylie's involvement with the Australian bushfires which how random is that the, the Australian bushfires like that all only happened at the start of this year holy fuck like it feels like years ago also how random that she got involved with the Australian bushfires well do you know the story no oh well okay well, you didn't let me explain it to you basically Kylie posted on her Instagram an image of a koala and the caption, over half a billion animals have been killed in Australia. This breaks my heart. Then a couple of hours later on her Insta story, she posted pink Louis Vuitton mink slippers and basically prompted many people to call her out as a hypocrite. Because mink are obviously like that cute little animal and she's talking about all these animals dying. Yeah, very hypocritical. In response, Kylie donated $1 million to a number of relief efforts helping to fight the fires. Okay. And that's on growth, basically. You know, Mm -hmm. what she did was definitely insensitive. (laughs) That's on learning. (laughs) My God. It's just so funny, like, that they obviously have access over their socials and stuff, but imagine being part of Kylie's team and then seeing this and being like, holy fuck, holy fuck. (laughs) Donate a million dollars now. You got it to spare, huh? You've only got 899 million left. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. And that's all math. (laughs) And finally, we've got Rise and Shine, which this isn't a scandal. It's just kind of funny. Rise and Shine. (laughs) No, we're not putting that in. I'm sorry. Rise and Shine. (laughs) Um, We'll just add it in. Yeah. 
No, we're keeping that shit. Oh, okay. If you're editing it, keep it. It's fun. So basically Kylie's the songbird of our generation. Yeah. And And that's on singing. (laughs) And that's on singing. It was a cultural reset and Kylie definitely rode that wave by making merch and even trademarking the phrase. So fucking hell. You gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Just like Kim trademarking fucking kimono. Mm. So tell me a bit about Kendall. So Kendall is kind of I would say the most low key Kardashian Jenner, don't you reckon? Yeah. If you want to say low-key, like, Victoria's Secret model. And, like, Pepsi and all that shit. Yeah. So, pretty much, Kendall, we all know, had that Pepsi scandal where she basically was the star of an ad that presented Pepsi as the cure for all going wrong in the world, which was super distasteful amid widespread national protests against police shootings and police violence, which were happening at the time. Mm. Pepsi did pull this ad almost immediately and apologised to Kendall for involving her. But, like, the ad was quite funny. It was like, at the end, Kendall just, like, cracked open a Pepsi and the world was fine. Mm. Anyway, Kendall also had a part to play in the Firefest saga. So she was initially involved in promoting the event via Instagram. So was Bella Hadid and, like, a handful of other models. But she deleted the post after the whole thing turned out to be a bust. Now, that one is like, that's not going to ruin your reputation if you're Kendall Jenner because, like, they all thought that it was this festival and the festival was trying to happen and they would have got paid for a festival that was meant to happen. Yeah, I maybe I'm missing something, but I don't really get the whole criticism against the models who are involved. Yeah, and I think it wasn't that much criticism. It was just that Firefest was a huge scandal in itself that anyone associated had a little of, you know, scandal by proxy. Mm. There was also that thing where, did you see this, Ruby? There was the big announcement that was teased oh from God. Kendall. Yes. So Chris Jenner really went ham on, like, saying, look, Kendall's got a big announcement, and Kendall was teasing, like, something big that was about to happen in a big announcement. People thought she was going to be talking about, like, her sexuality or things Mm. like that. Chris Jenner even said, prepare to be moved with hashtags like hashtag be the change and hashtag authenticity. Then the announcement turned out to be a proactive sponsorship (laughs) about Kendall's struggles with acne. Yeah. I mean, like a spot here or there for Kendall. Really stringing people along. Yeah. I mean, hashtag authenticity. And then, like, the last scandal and the thing that really I just can't get over, and to be honest, the only reason that I would ever slightly dislike Kendall, really, is because she dated Harry Styles. Yeah. Jealous vibes. She's the woman we all want to be. Yes. And Rube's the final sister, Courtney. That is so embarrassing for your life and your soul. So, Courtney, I mean, there's not much on Courtney. She's got her random brand, Poosh, which I haven't really bought into. Spin-off of Goop. Yeah, Mm -hmm. really feels like it. One of those random, very, like, extreme body positivity. Not even body positivity, like wellness, but also, like, irrelevant wellness, like vagina masks and shit. Yes, which we're not into. No. Anyway, one thing recently is her friendship with Addison Rae. Random. This definitely isn't a scandal, but, yeah, given their age difference, I mean, Courtney's 41, Addison is 19. Personally, I don't really care, but... People have definitely been speculating that the Kardashians could have been cancelled for making way for Addison Rae reality TV show. Oh. I don't know if there's leaks to that, but, you know, keep an eye open. Or are they just trying to stay relevant with, you know, TikTok? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Either way. Let's see. And then, of course, <laughs> Mason Dizek. 
I love Mason Disick. He's kind of hilarious. He's kind of the best. So during quarantine, uh, Mason joined Instagram. He went live and basically spilled the tea on a lot of his family secrets, including that Kylie and Travis were not back together. Thanks, Mason, for the scoop. (laughs) Thank you. His account then was reportedly deleted by his parents as they were not happy and did not know about it. He then made a TikTok which had videos of him and like with wads of cash dancing what? around. He's you know, his just, father's son. Just regular 10-year-old things. Oh, yeah. First account got deleted and then he made another one, which, to be honest, I actually don't know if that still exists. Neither. I was interested to see how much Mason was worth, and I Googled it, and apparently he's worth $500,000. A 10-year-old. Fuck. To be honest, I kind of thought it might be more. Just, you know, by association with the Kardashos. The Cardos. <laughs> but, like, what the hell does... What has he done? You know how his birth was on TV? Yeah, I mean, I would want royalties. Does he get a salad, salary? Salad for that? <laughs> would he get a salad for that? I would want royalties for all the time that I was featured on Keeping Up. Right. And to be honest, he's been making headlines with all these fucking scoops he's dropping. So... Surely, um, he could just drop a gossip channel or something. Oh my god, he could become Jonathan Shaban, the best friend that always gives the inside scoops. Oh, yeah. So, basically, that is all the scandals that we have for you. Mm-hmm. I think they are the most fascinating family, they are, and also they're just people like they are just people, but they have this machine mm. behind them that propels them to extreme heights. I had my diamond earrings and one of them came out. What do you have to say about their legacy and the fact that the Kardashians are leaving us? We get all teary. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna cry my diamond earrings. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, no, so we did a lot of thinking about their legacy and like I don't know what it really means for me, I don't think I really care that much. I do think there is something to say about how much they've taken control of their narrative. I think there is something to be said about turning a sex tape into a machine. An empire. An empire. And and sticking a big middle finger to the people that leaked it, the people that produced it, the people that like sold it to exploit Kim. Mm. I think, you know, in that way, taking back their narrative is really commendable yeah i think the shameless girls if you don't listen to the shameless podcast we're huge fans they put it really well this isn't a direct quote but you're not better than anyone else for not knowing who the kardashians are they dominated all corners of the media on every platform for the past decade for more than a decade and they likely will continue to do so like, they are a cultural phenom- they phenomenon. Are. There's no doubt about it. And I think that it is completely remiss to not look at how they've changed the landscape for not only reality TV, but for celebrity. Like, mm-hmm. And not always good. Like, the legacy doesn't always have no, to be good. It's, so- it's not always good. And I think that before the Kardashians, there was somewhat of a disconnect between reality TV stars and celebrity, and mm-hmm. they have completely just shattered this barrier. Mm-hmm. Like how influencers are now doing that with the celebrity barrier. Exactly. They're getting mainstream. Exactly. And could influencers and these everyday people 
be where they are today without the Kardashians? Like, I actually don't know. Yeah. They've definitely paved the way and made the mistakes ahead of time for people to be able to have a bit more of a streamlined ride to the top, eh? Mm-hmm. The Kardashians walked so TikTok could run. Ah. Oh. Yeah, and I mean, they've been problematic and I think it's super important to be cognizant of this when you are talking about the Kardashians because they do have young women who look up to them and you need to talk about what they do for cultural appropriation and for blackfishing and then also for body image. It mm-hmm. can be very damaging things. They're not perfect. Mm-hmm. They're far from it. And just because they're not going to be on our TV screens anymore – they're not going to go away. No, we're still going to have to be really careful about how we consume what they put out there. Yeah, 100%. I also think that we love to see the Kardashians because they are a matriarchy. They are a fully, pretty much, woman-led business. Mm -hmm. And it's so, so powerful to just see, you know, like the men have always come second to the Kardashians. So like Scott Disick is known as Courtney's ex Mm. or Lamar is known as Chloe's ex. Chris Humphrey's Kim's ex. Kim and Kanye are more, I guess, level if you're going to talk about that. Yeah, but even then... I would never refer to Kim as Kanye's wife. No. In many realms of celebrity, that is not the case. Exactly. So I think, you know, we do love to see that. And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about. They are their own forces. Mm. I also think they really have been through it. And like, so they lost their dad, obviously, when they were young. They faced revenge porn. Kim had a robbery. They've had a lot of pregnancy-related health issues, cheating scandals days before giving birth, messy divorces, mental health issues, romantic partners' addictions, and all of this while the world's been watching. Mm. Like, they have been through it. They have not just been this picture-perfect family. And I think that is saying something to how strong you'd have to be to be the Kardashians. Fuck yeah. I honestly do not envy the position they're in. I mean, I'm sure that they love it. But Mm -hmm. that amount of scrutiny for every move that you make, I could never. Neither. I could never. And then... Just the last thing, which there's a you could do a whole podcast on this, but Kim's work recently in human rights mm. and trying to get people out of prison and have reform on the incarceration system. We've seen her talk at the White House a few times. She's studying to be a lawyer. She is trying to use her force for good. And yes, people have been comparing her to Legally Blonde and shit like that, but we can say what we want. She's still out there trying to do it and doing more than a lot of us can do. Yeah, I think what is the point in pulling people down for trying to do better? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not the way that you would do it yourself, what is the point? And I just don't think it's doing anyone any favours and it's not doing feminism any favours favors either. To pull down other women. And we're always encouraged, if you have a platform, use it. And that is what Kim, through all of her advocacy work that she's doing right now, is trying to do. So... Yeah, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad, but we just, yeah. We hate to love the Kardashians and we love to hate them. Absolutely, and I am so intrigued to see what they will do next. Me too. Hopefully no more diet suppressant shit, but... uh, Uh, And, like, keep the cultural appropriation out of your brand, please. Yeah. But uh, maybe they should all just get TikToks and we can get our little bite-sized pieces of them through that. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. It certainly is. I'm feeling like my voice is getting a bit raspy from all this <laughs> chat about them. But as always, guys, you can find us on Instagram at shityoushouldcareabout or at the shit show with a whole bunch of underscores. You can find us at shityoushouldcareabout.com or come find us in the Facebook group, The Shit You Should Care About Squad. 
We love to see where and how you guys listen. So please do share this to your Instagram story, tag us. We really do appreciate it. And if you like this episode, what can they do, Ruby? You can give us a review and preferably five stars, but Mm. up to you. Up to you guys. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.